It's been obvious for years that Donald Trump simply does not respect the troops, nor does he care about the holiday that honors their sacrifice, which wouldn't even be that surprising if it weren't for the fact that he was the commander in chief of the armed forces, AKA the president of the United States, specifically as a member of the Republican party, which goes out of its way to scream about how much they love the troops despite failing them in every conceivable way once they return from active duty. Still, the length at which Trump in particular seems to go in order to mock the troops, specifically around Veterans Day, is notable, even when he was actually in office. This is the first time hearing about this, and I'm, this Trump guy sounds pretty cool, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, yeah, with these troops, they get fucking discounts at every restaurant. Come on. <laughs> I think it's time. Finally, we, a president saying something about finally it. Finally, a president who's willing to cut these troops down to size. <laughs> I, I'd like to hear more about the, what this Trump guy is Yeah, very intriguing up. stuff. So yeah, Trump has had a bunch of quotes over the years, including his mockery of Senator John McCain and the time that he spent in a Vietnamese prisoner of war camp, claiming during his 2015 campaign that McCain was not a war hero and was only considered one because he was captured, adding, I like people who weren't captured. Woo. But arguably the most famous and offensive moment came when he canceled a pre-planned excursion to a military cemetery outside of Paris, claiming that it was too rainy for his helicopter to fly, which was actually complete bullshit. Yeah. Just, why would I? They can't fly the helicopters in this rain. It's unfortunate. What did he, he said something to uh, John Kelly about his that's, like, that's, dead... Okay. Yeah, John Kelly did put, bring some things up. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the truth of the matter, as confirmed by multiple journalists, as well as high-ranking members of Trump's own administration at the time confirmed that A, Trump was worried about the rain messing up his hair, and B, it was a pointless excursion anyway because Americans who died in war, they're suckers and losers. Mm -hmm. Once again, this quote was corroborated by Trump's chief of staff, John Kelly, as well as others in attendance. But here's a- Didn't John, one of John Kelly's sons like die in a war? Am I making that yeah, up Yeah, I head? think he, he was, it was at Arlington and he was like, why would they do something so stupid? as to like serve their country. Jesus. There's, there was a bunch of quotes. He's, he's had a lot of comments about uh, veterans in particular that uh, he has said openly that everyone's just like, yeah, I mean, I was there. He fucking said that shit. Yeah, well, I mean, he famously dodged the draft. Yeah. Which again, pretty cool. I would have dodged the draft. Fuck that war. Yeah. But he didn't, he, 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 he doesn't. He did it in a rich person way, he, right? he just bought his way out of it. Yeah, he went to a doctor. Other people would go to jail for dodging the draft. Yeah. Which, uh, in retrospect, would have been the preferred option. But yeah, I mean, rather his, than dying. his hatred of the armed forces would almost be admirable if it was actually rooted in any sort of, like, ideological... Uh, no, it's only in it's, the way it's of just, self-service. Yeah, it's just like, why are you stupid? You're fighting a war, yeah. idiot. Uh, but here's a quick summary, again, uh, from The Atlantic's reporting at the time. In a conversation with senior staff members on the morning of the scheduled visit, Trump said, why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. Dead losers. <laughs> In a separate conversation on the same trip, Trump referred to the more than 1,800 Marines who lost their lives at Bilal Wood as suckers for getting killed. And just so the weirdo Trump loyalists who rage watch our videos, hello and thank you for the views, uh, here's the chief of staff at the time confirming the remarks. John Kelly, the longest serving White House Chief of Staff for Donald Trump, offered his harshest criticism yet of the former president in an exclusive statement to CNN. What can I add that has not already been said, Kelly said, when asked if he wanted to weigh in on his former boss in light of recent comments made by other former Trump officials. A person that thinks those who defend their country in uniform, 
or are shot down or seriously wounded in combat or spend years being tortured as POWs are all suckers because there's nothing in it for them. A person that did not want to be seen in the presence of military amputees because it doesn't look good for me. <laughs> a person who demonstrated open contempt for a Gold Star family, for all Gold Star families, on TV during the 2016 campaign, and rants that our most precious heroes who gave their lives in America's defense are losers and wouldn't visit their graves in France. You remember when the guy uh, gave him a purple heart? And he's yeah. like, hey, pretty cool, look at that. I didn't even have to do anything. <laughs> And then the, the Gold Star family uh, guy was like, give that man back his purple heart. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I'd kind of forgotten all of this, but yeah, this man hates the troops. Yeah, this is why I bring it all up, because uh, <laughs> as we'll get to, he had, uh, uh, well, he did post uh, on Truth Social and say, hey, way to go, troops. But his speech on Veterans Day went straight towards fascist dictator. Uh, yeah, yeah. And perfect timing, too. At, the, at a moment when Joe Biden is absolutely the least appealing he's ever been. Thank you, President Trump, for uh, coming in and being like, Clearly hey. demonstrating hey, <laughs> that things could be way worse. I'm the other option, and I'm going to fucking do the Fourth Reich. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Another reason why I picked this topic in particular. God. Is like, for all his faults. We live in fucking hell. What a terrible time to be alive. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, all that shit talking to troops. That was the old Trump. The new and totally improved Trump, who is actively campaigning for the GOP nomination once again, despite facing numerous felony charges, loves veterans of all types. Yeah. He's never had a bad word to say about any of them. Nope. And he spent this year's Veterans Day honoring them by echoing the sentiments of um, fascist dictators. Yeah. And then doubling down on those statements after people, many of whom are members of his own party, called him out for his increasingly dangerous rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And before we get into the article and the quotes, we should mention, we're not covering this because it's fun. We're covering it because it's fucking terrifying. This yeah. guy is laying the groundwork for what could be the future of the country under his rule. He's telling you exactly what he wants to do. And yeah, more people should probably be taking him seriously because it's legitimately scary. Yeah. He's telling you what he wants and what he'll do. It's probably, <sighs> it's probably important to at least listen because... Uh, we're, we're a couple of Mr. Magoo stumbles away from this guy being president again. Yeah, you know, and uh, like the, the brilliant party that they are, the Democrats are seizing this opportunity to show that they are a great alternative. Yeah, as... By uh, running a, the oldest man who's ever lived, uh, who is currently just uh, greenlighting... Uh, genocide. Ge uh, but yeah, a genocide. What is considered genocide by leading, uh, sort of leading uh, figures who would know... What a genocide looks Le like. Leading to uh, members of his own party and cabinet members writing letters to say, please, sir, please yeah. stop. Yeah, it's just, what a great time to just be alienating, um, I don't know, is Michigan an important state for uh, Democrats to win? Because there's a lot of Muslims in Michigan who are have come out and said, I will never fucking vote for this man again. I feel betrayed. So, I don't know. Hopefully, they can find the votes. Well, luckily, we, my have, problem. we have Donald Trump to come in and say, hey, things could be a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, I, I almost Which appreciate is like, it. I know. It is It is uh, absolutely disheartening and infuriating to, to see both of these options laid out in front if, of you if Trump, as if it's a beautiful dinner. Which one are you going to choose? If Trump wasn't a narcissistic fucking idiot, he would just shut the fuck up. Yeah. For like the next Well, that's why people weeks. were worried about Ron DeSantis because he was like the uh, the more evil Trump that could yeah. actually hold back from making himself appear as a fucking idiot. Although, as we came to see, 
it was also hard for him to stop looking like a fucking idiot all the time, too. With his licking and his shoes and his just everything about him. Anyway, back to Trump's evil plan. Yeah. So in their reporting, the Washington Post did not mince words. Their headline reads, Trump calls political enemies vermin, echoing dictators Hitler, Mussolini. Former President Donald Trump denigrated his domestic opponents and critics during a Veterans Day speech Saturday, calling those on the other side of the aisle vermin and suggesting they pose a greater threat to the United States than countries such as Russia, China, or North Korea. That language is drawing rebuke from historians who compare it to that of authoritarian leaders. I mean, almost direct quotes. Well, good thing we don't listen to historians. Yeah. Because if we did, we probably wouldn't just make the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, what's that famous quote? You shouldn't learn from history. Yeah. Learning from history... uh, That causes you to repeat it. Yeah, you learn from history, and then there's not a lot of options for what to do, (laughs) because a lot of it's proven to end badly. So we just... Nah, 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 nah! And always make the right decision when you do that. That's right. We pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country that lie and steal and cheat on elections, Trump said towards the end of his speech. This is a fucking rerun from like the 60s. What the fuck is this? And that's him repeating his false claims that the 2020 election was stolen. Quote, they'll do anything whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. Trump went on further to state, the threat from outside forces is far less sinister, dangerous, and grave than the threat from within. Our threat is from within. Because if you have a capable, competent, smart, tough leader, Russia, China, North Korea, they're not going to want to play with us. The former president's speech in Claremont, New Hampshire, echoed his message of vengeance and grievance as he called himself a very proud election denier (laughs) and decried his legal entanglements, once again attacking the judge in a New York civil trial and re-upping his attacks on special counsel Jack Smith. In the speech, Trump once again portrayed himself as a victim of a political system that is out to get him and his supporters. Ruth Ben-Ghiat, a historian at New York University, said in an email to the Washington Post that Calling people vermin was used effectively by Hitler and Mussolini to dehumanize people and encourage their followers to engage in violence. Trump is also using projection. Note that he mentions all kinds of authoritarians, communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left to set himself up as the deliverer of freedom, Ben Giat said. Mussolini promised freedom to his people too and then declared dictatorship. It's funny how that works. Mm Uh, When pressed about the comments, the Trump campaign doubled down with Stephen Chung, a Trump campaign spokesman, telling the Post, those who try to make that ridiculous assertion are clearly snowflakes grasping for anything because they are suffering from Trump derangement syndrome and their entire existence will be crushed when President Trump returns to the White House. He is not a fascist and those who are calling him a fascist will be crushed. Their entire existence will be crushed. Nine, nine, nine. Uh, is everyone uh, hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm saying it. Fucking hell. Yeah. I, it, I just, I'm just glad that the man has proven that he is not all that competent at being a fascist. Because uh, can you imagine if he was competent? Well, the problem is he's going to be installing people that uh, are very competent. But also, I guess, is, but I feel like he used up the best ones the first time around. You're going to get even the most deranged ones coming up. But uh, even this guy, Stephen Chung, uh, was like, oh, maybe I went a little too far. 
So after realizing he'd gone a little too far, he corrected himself, uh, writing back to the post to say uh, that he actually meant to say sad, miserable existence instead of entire existence. Oh, that'll that's what will be crushed. Yes. Oh, okay. So, Not fascist anymore. No. Uh, Sweet. That'll do. I wouldn't want people to think any of this rhetoric is bloodthirsty and vindictive. That would be the wrong message, I guess. But while we're on this topic, because it's actually really fucking important that the country doesn't accidentally elect a dictator. I mean, we... Here's some recently uncovered information about what a second Trump administration would look like based on planning and conversations from within his political orbit. Here's Axios with the scoop. Former President Trump's allies are pre-screening the ideologies of thousands of potential foot soldiers as part of an unprecedented operation to centralize and expand his power at every level of the U.S. government if he wins in 2024, officials involved in the effort tell Axios. Hundreds of people are spending tens of millions of dollars to install a pre-vetted pro-Trump army of up to 54,000 loyalists across government to rip off the restraints imposed on the previous 46 presidents. The screening for ready-to-serve loyalists has already begun, driven in part by artificial intelligence from tech giant Oracle. If Trump yeah. were to win, thousands of Trump-first loyalists would be ready for legal, judicial, defense, regulatory, and domestic policy jobs. His inner circle plans to purge anyone viewed as hostile to the hard-edged authoritarian-sounding plans he calls Agenda 47. One of the most powerful architects is Stephen Miller, a top West Wing advisor for the Trump administration. Miller is charting an even harder line on legal and immigration policy than last time. Nothing ominous about Agenda 47. Yeah, kind of ruined the Hitman games for me, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agenda 47. Agent, <laughs> Agent 47? What's that? Ah, uh, this, yeah, this is, a. Uh... In the in the Nazi, they had this thing called coordination. It was, it was much much more expansive than this, but yeah, it was uh, a big part of why it worked out was, uh, you know, getting Hitler loyalists at yeah. like every level of government in just anything connected. And again, this is this is, uh, I guess, theoretical. It's not really. It, it's it's the plan if they win, but it's also you look at something like this. And I think the the goal, even on their side, is to be like, oh, that's ridiculous. That would never. That's a that's a ridiculous statement. This would never happen uh, until it does. Yeah, I mean, it is proven to help a yeah. lot with uh, coups. Essentially, is mm -hmm. you, you want loyal people in a lot of positions. It is interesting, though, that um, a key, uh, if you're doing a, you know, a uh, that kind of coup, the most important people you want. Uh, to have loyalists installed are the fucking military, and there's no mention of that, yeah. which is interesting. Uh, well, especially after all that shit talking. Well, uh, that is part of the plan eventually. Um, but yeah, the reporting continues with a preview of what the early days of a second Trump presidency would look like based on his own words and conversations Axios journalists have had with Trump insiders. His top obsession will be the Justice Department, the FBI, and the intelligence community, all of which he thinks conspired to investigate him, thwart him, screw him. He's been very clear that he's willing to unleash these agencies against political enemies. The next priority will be the Department of Homeland Security and the border with plans to erect sprawling detention camps, Scour the country for unauthorized immigrants and deport people by the millions per year, the New York Times reports. As first reported by Jonathan Swan for Axios last year, a key tool for Trump's revenge term would be the use of Schedule F personnel powers to wipe out employment protections for tens of thousands of civil servants across the federal government. 
Officials close to the Pentagon tell us they're worried about a plan articulated by former Trump official Russ Vaught in the Heritage document to direct the National Security Council to rigorously review all general and flag officer promotions to prioritize the core roles and responsibilities of the military. Okay, there it is. Yep. Of the military over social engineering and non-defense related matters, including climate change, critical race theory, and manufactured extremism. Yeah, I don't think this is going to work, though. Like, they're going to try, but... Uh, well, look, <sighs> I'm saying the same thing. I, like I, the, I feel like his election is unlikely and that this is a very large plan that is... Uh, it's the Heritage Foundation that's putting a lot of work into this. And also, they've clearly stated that they are passing this agenda on to people like DeSantis and Nikki Haley if they were to become the actual candidate. Yeah, um, yeah. But it seems unlikely, but I mean... Like the military stuff, that's just, you can't, that's not, he doesn't, he doesn't have control over a lot. This is like, the military has its own fucking deep institutional, like, stuff that's not, you just, it's simply not possible to overturn that shit immediately. We've without, seen a lot of unprecedented things. I guess, I mean, this is scary, but it's also, I think they're, you know, they're, they're shooting for the stars with this one. Sure, um, but why wouldn't you? Because if you get halfway there, you've still done of irreparable harm. It's very ambitious, and we should all be terrified. But yeah. also, like, just having seen how it went last time, he's fucking bad at this. All the semi-competent people that he had last time... Um, they bailed. Fucking hate times, him, yeah. and all wrote, like, books about yeah, it. Yeah, and flipped on him and everything else. But and, like, even... Even... After, like, decades of Republicans clogging up the judiciary in this country, like, most of those judges are still just like, bro, this looks like fucking fat. You can't do that. Like, we have fucking laws here. And he ran into that last time with just, like, trying to do shit, and no one on his fucking team knows the law or how to get anything done, and it just immediately gets, like, shot down. Like, what do you think you're doing? This is unconstitutional. Again, not to downplay, I'm just saying... Yeah. The man's... Uh, a bullheaded idiot who's sundowning. Yeah. He's, it, it, if he was 20 years younger, this would be a lot scarier. Yeah. Anyway, we always like to recommend further reading. This is an incredibly important topic, though we are aware that anyone who takes the time to read into the things that Trump is saying out loud with any kinds of scrutiny or concern, they, they're probably not a person who would ever vote for him. Anyways, no one's minds are getting changed at this point. Mm -hmm. But it's important to understand what this country is facing. Uh, the Axios article is great, but it also pulls from some great lengthy, well-sourced reporting from both the New York Times and the Washington Post, who ran the following stories. Trump and allies plot revenge, Justice Department control in second term. If Trump wins, his allies want lawyers who will bless a more radical agenda. And sweeping raids, giant camps, and mass deportations inside Trump's 2025 immigration plans. Links are always in the description below. Mm -hmm. um, some of that's probably paywalled, but there are ways. But uh, yeah, we should also mention that this planning from the Heritage Foundation, it does extend to the other Republican yeah, candidates. Exactly. Axios mentions that those campaigns have already been briefed on the plans. It's just that Trump is not only the clear-cut front-runner, unless <laughs> something changes yeah. dramatically. He's also probably the best suited to deploy such an extreme agenda. Yeah. Or Ron. Yeah. But he's not going to win, so yeah, that's true. not worth entertaining. <laughs> now, all of this is to say, yes, Joe Biden could be doing far better in so many ways 
so, so many ways. But he bravely chooses not to. <laughs> yeah, including on his incredibly disappointing stance in regards to Palestine. And yes, our two-party system fucking sucks. Yes, we could and should have far better candidates uh, in general who aren't 80 years old. We get all of that. And if for some reason Joe Biden fails to regain the presidency, it won't be the fault of a bunch of online leftists. It'll be his fault. That's right, Joe. But next year is vitally important for the future of this country and unfortunately uh, the rest of the world as well. Uh, so it is vital that we all stay active and engaged in what's happening, continue to try and hold Biden accountable when he fails, which happens a lot, and also listen to what Trump and his allies are saying while taking their threats seriously because he will waste no time at all finally burying what's left of this place if he regains power. Also, it's not like he had any real effect on the presidential race, but we should also update you on the fact that 58-year-old virgin Tim Scott has finally pulled out of the race for the nomination. Yeah. Yeah, he dropped out. Uh, uh, Bye-bye, girlfriend. His girlfriend has been put back in the cryo-freezer for future Mm -hmm. campaigns, and the field of potential candidates has shrunk once again as a result. So long, Tim Scott. Thank you for nothing. Yeah. What was the point of any of that? To be comparably the more extreme candidate when it comes to Christian fundamentalism? To get a job in the cabinet. That's what all these people are. They're campaigning for Trump's cabinet. Mm -hmm. Well, not Chris Christie. He's doing this out of spite. He's campaigning for the food cabinet. (laughs) No, he's doing this just out of spite. Yeah, no, he hates Uh, Trump. And you know what? Good for him. He sucks, but I, I do kind of admire that he's a very spiteful man and he does not have good memories working with Donald Trump. Uh, anyways, in other news that hopefully won't happen, but we still have to warn you about, uh, Jacob Chansley, a.k.a. the QAnon shaman, has announced his plans to run for Congress, paving the way for his big return to the Capitol in what he hopes will be a totally legal reunion <laughs> with the building that yeah. he illegally uh, stormed. Uh, so with more on this uh, absurd and frustrating news, here's CBS. Jacob Chansley, the spear-carrying rioter whose horned fur hat bare chest and face paint made him one of the more recognizable figures in the January 6, 2021 assault on the U.S. Capitol, apparently aspires to be a member of Congress. Online paperwork shows the 35-year-old Chansley filed a candidate statement of interest Thursday, indicating he wants to run as a libertarian in next year's election for Arizona's 8th Congressional District seat. Chansley pleaded guilty to a felony charge of obstructing an official proceeding in connection with the Capitol insurrection. He was sentenced to 41 months in prison in November 2021 and served about 27 months before being transferred to a Phoenix halfway house in March 2023. Chansley grew up in the greater Phoenix area. Chansley is among the more than 700 people who have been sentenced in relation to Capitol riot-related federal crimes. Authorities said Chansley was among the first rioters to enter the Capitol building, and he acknowledged using a bullhorn to rouse the mob. Although he previously called himself the QAnon shaman, Chansley has since disavowed the QAnon no, movement. Sorry, buddy. You're the QAnon shaman. Yep. He identified himself as Jacob Angeli Chansley in the candidate statement of interest paperwork filed with the Arizona Secretary of State's office. The U.S. Constitution doesn't prohibit felons from holding federal office, but... Just Ari- voting. <laughs> but Arizona law prohibits fel- felons from voting until they have completed their sentence and had their civil rights restored. Obviously, That's fun. Yeah, this is a... This is just a way for Chansley to drum up press for whatever grift that he's currently a part of. But yeah, hey, Libertarian Party. I mean, Arizona. Maybe. If it can happen anywhere. Then fun. again, then again, George Santos got elected, even though he was clearly just trying to steal people's money and then bail. Yeah, but Santos won because he just slipped through the cracks. Yeah. He didn't want attention. 
No yeah, one was will, paying attention. This will probably end up just like that uh, uh, 8chan guy who ran in Arizona as well. Oh, Q? Yeah. Well, yeah they, yes. Literally Q? Yeah. I cannot... Uh, Ron... Ron Watkins. Yeah, he had the cowboy hat on. Whatever happened to Ron Watkins? Who cares? Is he back in the Philippines? Back in Japan at Soapland? I don't know. Getting soaped up? What a fucking creep. Oh, but enough of the important yet depressing political news. We will now try to have a little bit of fun with the rest of the episode. Let's talk about food mm. and companies underestimating Americans' unique ability to absolutely abuse even the simplest promotional terms. Yeah, so anytime there's some random free promotion, whether it is legitimately deployed for maximum impact with consumers, or it's a little-known code that finds its way onto social media where it blows up quicker than the company can react, you kind of got to feel bad for the employees of that company because it's typically not something they prepare for. Again, sometimes that's corporate's fault because they, they plan the promotion to be a surprise. Uh, Chipotle has done this in the past. Much to the chagrin of the people constructing those endless burritos. Yeah. This past week, it happened to another national chain, which is still recovering from a promotional exploit that caused what appears to have been thousands of orders of free pizza after being shared by prominent accounts on social media. Infinite pizza hack. Yeah, they did it. I mean, I definitely saw Wario64 tweet this uh, little hack out, and I immediately thought, oh no, I would hate to be working at Domino's right now. Then again, I always say that in the back of my mind because I worked for Domino's when I was a teenager and it was generally miserable unless I was actively out on delivery. That's before they went digital. Yes, it was. So uh, basically back then you would have just a like a board of the active coupons because mm. back then the coupons were just whatever they hung on your door yeah. or what came attached to the box. So if someone said something that wasn't right there in front of you, it's like, well, I, no, this is what we have. Yeah. Now you just go on and if the computer accepts it, Baby, that's a free pizza. That's right. And you can track it, and it'll go, manly mail, it's on the yeah. way! They're always on the forefront of new delivery tech, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, here's the story of what took place this past week by way of Kutaku. An ongoing Domino's free pizza promo turned into chaos as people walked out of stores with multiple pizzas that didn't cost them anything due to an exploitable glitch that got spread around on social media. At least one manager amid the free pizza chaos reportedly texted a Domino's employee, don't make any free pizzas. Cancel them. Damn, cancel culture. Can't even get free pizzas. Cancel culture strikes again. As soon as one pops on the screen, check and see if it's a free emergency pizza. If it is, cancel it ASAP. In early October, Domino's Pizza launched a new promo called the Emergency Pizza Program. Folks who ordered a qualifying pizza from the company would receive a code that could be used for one free medium pizza at a later date. While nothing has yet been confirmed, it appears people were able to figure out, or someone accidentally shared, emergency pizza codes that could be used over and over again by the same customer. Oh, there's your problem. This, obviously, isn't how the program was intended to work. Tracking down precisely when things went so bad is tricky, but based on posts found on the unofficial Domino's subreddit, where employees often share stories and commiserate, it appears the free pizza storm began on or around November 9th. Once the free pizza codes were shared on TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook, the floodgates opened and stores were reportedly inundated with people trying to order 10, 20, or even 30 pizzas at a time. Fuck you. Videos show some stores with long lines filled with customers trying to get free pizza. How would you even deliver 30 pizzas? A very big car. People were thinking... Not the Cybertruck! People were not only thinking bigger... Their eyes were not only bigger than their stomach, their eyes were bigger than any vehicle capable of delivering pizza. 
Yeah, well, those are all going in uh, to what I assume are these people's uh, garage freezers. You ever had a friends with a garage freezer? Um, I think I think we had one when I was a kid. You rich bastard. No, it was like our shitty. It was just like whatever our old freezer from the kitchen was, mm -hmm. our old fridge and freezer. I think my dad kept like beer in there. It was not a good, not in a the good freezer. It's gonna explode. Well, no, it was it was it was literally just like a kitchen fridge freezer. Second fridge, huh? Must yeah. be nice. Uh, it was pretty nice. Uh, I had one friend who had an outdoor freezer, and his parents had a lock on it because that's where they kept all the desserts, and we would oh. destroy that thing. Yeah. But that's what he got for having uh, somewhat wealthy parents. Wow. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the article continues. 58 pizzas and all are carryout, and some are the same person, explained one employee on Reddit. We ended up giving away 77 of them before it got fixed, claimed one employee. One guy alone placed 24 orders over the next five or so days for these free pizzas. Quickly, stores were overloaded with free pizza orders as people abused the system and the glitch codes were being shared online. While some greedy pizza lovers were trying to walk out of Domino's with a dozen pizzas or more, others were going a different route and using the broken codes to schedule multiple free pizza deliveries for weeks. <laughs> I looked in the system last night, like a hundred timed orders stretching out weeks for free pizza, posted one supposed Domino's staff member. Who's doing this? Is it Papa John? Yeah. Is it Brendan Fraser in The Whale? This is how I get back in the good graces of my former company. I, got, I destroy the competition. I got it. And you know, and the bonus is I get to eat- As many as I want. 30 pizzas in 30 days. <laughs> Whoever did the scheduling is like genius because they've, if it had worked out the way they wanted it to, that's free food for a very long time. I mean, you're not going to look great or feel great, but free food. It's yeah. like that guy who went to Six Flags every single day on his lunch break. I mean, I actually like Domino's, but like I can only eat it once every like six weeks. I after just just like ordering a, like a large between me and my wife. Like after after that's done, and it takes like three days to fucking finish. After that, I'm like, all right, no more of that for a long fucking time. The only time I can even remember having Domino's in recent memory is like. Up in Big Bear, where it's the only thing that'll deliver after like 8 p.m. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. Also, it's maybe it's just an LA thing, but there, the price is the Domino's. It can't be beat. You order a fucking pie from any of the well, and they're giving you free pizzas all the time. But all the fucking bougie pizza places in LA, it's like fucking 40 bucks for a large. But back to Domino's. Yeah. Apparently, the chaos extended to Domino's corporate, who did little to remedy the situation or ease the worries of its franchisees. And many of the discussions between employees, managers, and franchisees took place on the Domino's subreddit, since there was no other way to properly communicate. Yeah, there's another <laughs> big problem that, glaring problem that hopefully they they, they put do all of their uh, uh, tech and design and communication capabilities into the delivery tracker, yeah. and not into any other part of the company. Well, but you'll know inch by inch where that pizza is. Yeah. Yeah. The employee I spoke with made it clear that during the free pizza debacle, staff received no explanation from higher ups. Other posts claimed corporate did contact some bigger stores, asked places to cancel orders, and promised to pay back the owners for all the free pizzas. But that wasn't the case everywhere, leading to confusion. And I'm sure some very upset franchise owners. Uh, elsewhere in the food space though, Red Lobster, feeling the burn after their recent endless shrimp promotion was a little too popular. Amongst, endless shrimp, you say? Amongst the growing proportion of cash-strapped Americans searching for a good deal for their big stomachs. And the company is now claiming that they've lost millions as a result. Yeah, free shrimp, what are you doing? It's not free, but it is. It is, at a certain point, statistically it becomes free. 
Yeah. I'm driving down the average price of that shrimp with each bite. If I pay $20 for unlimited shrimp and I eat 100 shrimp, that basically rounds down to free shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Here's the takeout with more on this. Getting the biggest bang for your buck is practically an American sport. And when endless shrimp was permanently added to Red permanently permanently added to Red Lobster's menu earlier this year, it felt like Christmas morning. To the customers at least. From a business perspective, things haven't been so rosy. In fact, Red Lobster is anticipating a $20 million loss this year, and some of those many, many shrimp might be to blame. Trade publication Restaurant Business reports that tra <laughs> Just love the idea of someone reading Restaurant Business Magazine somewhere. <laughs> I'm learning about the restaurant business. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh! Uh, trade publication Restaurant Business reports that traffic at Red Lobster has grown 4% year over year, but it has posted an operating loss of more than $11 million in the third quarter alone. Red Lobster's owner, Thai Union Group, says that Ultimate Endless Shrimp was a big factor in the loss. You know, you think of these big companies, like, they're running, like, the math on <laughs> ideas like this. I mean, at this point, shrimp is kind of a commodity. It is, it's not the fancy, hard-to-get food that it once was Yeah, I 20 mean, or 30. Even, I, I don't eat it a lot, so I don't know if there's, like, swings in the market, but it, it does seem like if you're running a large national chain, you'd want to run the numbers and see if this is going to cost you millions of dollars. Maybe they assumed that everyone, you know, every table gets one order of the unlimited shrimp. That gets them in the door. But also, you're Red Lobster. You already got the cheddar biscuits. And That's those are saying. free. You don't need anything more. Red Lobster is giving it away for free. Also, I think I've eaten Red Lobster have, once in my life. I cannot, I cannot think for the life of me the last time I went to Red Lobster. I think uh, I did go, uh, I took my date on homecoming in high school. Yeah, To, the, to like, the fanciest seafood restaurant in town. Right. Red Lobster. I, it's probably been about that long for me yeah. since then. But those cheddar biscuits, I do remember. I was like, damn. I think you can order those now and bake them at home. Yeah. If they, you if you do want to die of a heart attack. They, they sell the mix. It is, I mean, you can get the same effect just dumping an entire thing of salt in your mouth. Yeah. Just, just pour salt onto a piece of hard cheddar yeah. and take a bite. A little bit of butter, too. Anyway, for this story about the unlimited shrimp to come... Truly full circle. All we need is someone uh, like who's like Homer Simpson coded to file a lawsuit against Red Lobster for cutting them off from the all-you-can-eat shrimp promotion. Um, tis no man. Tis a remorseless eating machine. So Does this look like the face of someone who had all he could eat? Yeah, no, It's this is America, and um, the lawsuit's coming. Yeah. It just who's going to be the one to this do it? Is, this is like on par with like a movie pass thing where it's like you almost kind of got to hand it to the moron who like enacted this. Right. It's like, not, it's the company's fault. Yeah. Just what were you thinking? While the getting's good, everyone got in and got their endless shrimp. But apparently there, there were people in this uh, reporting uh, that talked about how at some point, either maybe during it or before it, they started leaving the tails on. To, uh, to, to increase, slow like, people down. Yeah, and like have them stop, and also it makes it look like there's more shrimp on the plate. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. They should, you know, they should have left because it's more work to like yeah. get it off. You're eating slower. I'm also like, how was this specific shrimp prepared? I think you could get it in different ways as well. Oh, Jesus Christ! Because <laughs> if you want to do this, you're like, hey, free shrimp, but then it's like it's fucking cold shrimp cocktail. No one can eat more than like. 
a little plate full of that. Man, I could have torn those things up when I was a kid. My dad used to get them for the Super Bowl party. They are good. I'm just saying, like fried shrimp, buttery shrimp, that's one thing. But cold shrimp, it's yeah, just not as satisfying. You have to serve it be like, okay, yeah, it's endless shrimp, but you're eating them four at a time on top of a bunch of pasta. Also, like you're getting shrimp scampi, but there's no there's no big amount of shrimp, and you have to eat the entire plate. Also, you know they they also sell those like baby shrimp. They could have done that. That would have been funny. They probably I I would I would venture to say that a lot of this was smaller shrimp. It, I, yeah, you'd, you'd hope so. They should have been like, yeah, it's endless shrimp, but it's brine shrimp. You have to inhale it like you're a whale. Yeah. <laughs> Put on, what is that like? What is that? Uh, that webbed teeth that the, the yeah, they filter I, it all out. I hope you brought your baleen because uh, this is fucking filthy. There's a lot of stuff you're probably not gonna want in there. Yeah. So the easiest way to do it is you take one of our paper towels, you put it over your mouth, and then you just pour the brine yeah. shrimp through, and then you flip it and, and lick them off of the every paper. twenty minutes. We turn off all the lights. Look at that. You splash it around, yeah. it glows green a little bit. Yeah, and you can look at them it's and they do little dance. Yeah, they call them sea monkeys when they're not yeah. being ingested. That would be the way to do it. Uh-huh. But then they'd probably get sued again for that. What? We said shrimp. They're brine shrimp. Anyway, we also have an update to the saga that has been playing out at Warner Brothers over the past week or so. Um, the d- <laughs> bullying works. Spoiler yeah, alert. it does. Yeah. So the drama behind the decision to shelve a... Wiley Coyote versus Roadrunner movie starring John Cena. A fully completed movie. Yeah. It's ready to go. As you'll all remember, as of last Friday, WB had made the uh, incredibly stupid decision to shelve this film, which was reportedly finished and testing well with audiences in order to receive a $30 million tax write-off. Well, not only have they already reversed the decision and are now looking for a distributor for the film, it also caused a bunch of potential projects and talent to avoid Warner Brothers entirely out of fear that something they create will never see the light of day. Oh my gosh, who could have seen this coming? A very justifiable reaction. You're telling me artists uh, actually take pride in their work? No, here at Warner Brothers, we only create things for the tax write-off. Here's the Hollywood Reporter with all of these updates. With Roadrunner-like speed, Warner Brothers Discovery has reversed its decision to bury Coyote vs. Acme. The studio will now allow director Dave Green to shop his live-action animation hybrid movie to other potential buyers instead of shelving the project for a tax write-off, The Hollywood Reporter has confirmed. The move comes days after The Hollywood Reporter broke the news that Coyote vs. Acme would become Warner's third already-shot film to get shelved after previously nixing nearly-completed projects Batgirl and Scoob Holiday Haunt in August 2022. The Coyote cancellation roiled the creative community perhaps even harder than Batgirl and Scoob because those had been positioned as a one-off change in strategy never to happen again. According to sources, after the Coyote vs. Acme news broke last week, several filmmakers instructed reps to cancel meetings they had on the books with Warners. I don't know how you go see the movie and then go, that couldn't happen to me, says Brian Duffield, the filmmaker behind the sleeper Hulu hit No One Will Save You. Duffield was not involved in Coyote vs. Acme, but is friends with Green and gave notes on the film. Part of Duffield's frustration, he says, was that Green did everything that was asked of him. He delivered the film, which sources say cost $72 million, on budget. He hit the right test scores. He even moved away from his friends and family to London for 18 months to save the studio money on post-production costs. All this only to see his film get run off a cliff. But now that Coyote may ultimately find a new home, these filmmakers are taking a wait-and-see approach. Unlike the other films Warner's canceled, Coyote vs. Acme was fully completed and had tested multiple times in the 90s. Best Picture winner Argo, 
both Deadpool movies and the first Conjuring are among features that likewise tested in the 90s. According to sources who have seen the film, which stars Will Forte, John Cena, and Lana Condor, Coyote vs. Acme is a popcorn-style crowd-pleaser. Yeah, so, so it sounds like we might actually get to see this movie now. Um, and uh, and it'll be... Uh, look, they're still going to make money off of it, but egg on the face of Warner when... Like, some other distribution company's like, hey, yeah. dumbass. And and again, this... This is Warner Brothers. This is their intellectual property. This is their... But they're now just the letting someone else The crown jewels. Out. They're just like, fuck, whatever. You want to distribute it? But yeah, no. I, why would why would anyone want to make a movie for David Zaslav when, or a TV show? Well, yeah, just anything when he has shown that he has absolutely no problem just shelving it when it's fully completed after you've spent years of your life working on it. Yeah. Why the fuck would anyone do that? They're not doing it to get paid. I mean, they are doing it to get paid, but they're doing it because they like they making movies. They want to make movies and shit. Yeah. It's yeah. It's very short sighted. Anyways, in other news. Just making you aware, because it seems to start earlier every every year, but yeah. Fox News has officially run their first segment announcing the annual War on Christmas. That's so, right. get ready, soldiers. It is time to ruin the holiday for Republicans once again by, um, I don't know, I guess saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Yeah. It's been so many years since this, uh, this has been going on. It's hard to remember. At this point, it's just another one of America's never-ending wars. Yeah. What's one more war? Throw it on the pile. Anyways, happy war on Christmas, everyone. Mm -hmm. Also, before we go, we have to pour one out yet again for Juniper, whose account on X, formerly known as Twitter, was once again banned from Twitter, despite definitely being a bot account and not having an actual real person behind all those tweets. If it was really Juniper, that would be ban evasion, but this was just simply a bot trained on Juniper's tweets. That's right. And Elon clearly, uh, you know, he saw this as competition for his Grok chatbot, which is also a bot and not just Elon Musk frantically responding to prompts in the middle of the night. <laughs> so he decided to cut out the competition. He decided to nuke yet another Juniper account, uh, RIP. But if you could do the world a favor and follow her podcast account as well as the podcast itself, we are sure that she would appreciate it. Mm -hmm. The podcast and Twitter account are both called Western Kabuki, and we will link them in the description below. Yep. No sponsors today, so make sure you smash that like button. And also, if you're rich or you got rich parents with a freezer out in the garage like yeah. Elliot's, uh, <laughs> click the join button and support our show monetarily. Do you get a measly $5 worth of value out of our show? Maybe you tip more than that on a daily basis after people slide that tablet around in your face. Hey, maybe do the same for us. Hit the join button and become a member. Uh, as always, we are always just happy to have your view, and we would appreciate it if you just hit that like button and left a comment or replied to one. But hey, the button's there. You might as well use it. Anyways, we got new episodes up here. We got poop at Disney World. We got a bunch of other stuff on Weekly Weird News, and we have our uh, our reaction to the uh, GOP debates. Check both of those out. Like the video, and we'll see you soon for more news. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.